check, check, white check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by Pro Taper, Get, and Maxxis Tires. 12 noon Pacific, Thursday, May 31st. Two rounds down, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, 10 to go. This weekend is Lakewood, Colorado, one of my favorite races of the year. Sneaky good national, folks. Yeah, yeah really fun. Uh, we got two tickets to give away for Lakewood today, too, uh, uh, for somebody to call in. 702-586-7857. If you want some tickets courtesy of David Claybaugh and the folks at Lakewood, uh, we'll, we'll give them to you. Yeah, so let us know. Call in, 702-586-7857. Still a few lines open. And uh, we're going to have Jason Thomas and Paul Parabinos on to talk Lakewood, talk Glen Helen. Uh, news today from Glen Helen was uh, Jason Anderson had to get carried off the track uh, by one of his team members. He collided with another rider, hurt his leg. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a big deal. We'll see what happens there. I mean, anytime you get carried off the track, is not good. Although... You know, who knows? It doesn't mean anything for sure. People are already hitting me up asking me how he is. I don't know. I'm not there. And he didn't text me. So, uh, flyracing.com, please check him out on the web. Blake Baggett, wearing fly racing, looking to uh, rebound from uh, Glen Helen and uh, capture Lakewood. He won here last year, 3-1 for the overall. Remember how g- well he rode in that second moto. He said that uh, he doesn't have a famous father. His training program is great. He broke Eli uh, and just rode away, and he did ride fantastic. He caught and passed Eli Tomac and, uh, and left him behind. Uh, so that full pops to Blake Baggett. We're still waiting for him to get 100% into gear right now um, through the first four motos, but I think he'll do it. Uh, also, too, ProTaper, ProTaper.com, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, Rockstar Husky, all running ProTaper drive and control components. ProTaper Sport line has been launched, uh, a little lower-end um, pricing on points on those lines, if you want to check out that. Uh, we also have, uh, from the folks at ProTaper, Clamp-On Grips. They have joined the Clamp-On movement, and if you don't like putting grips on, well, you're lazy, but if you really don't, try the clamp-on grips. I just don't approve, that's all. But uh, I'm sure they're fantastic. Uh, I, I'm sure they work uh, really well. And uh, we thank those guys uh, for coming on the show. And uh, also to get, destroy the start, get the whole shot, uh, Justin Barsha, Alex Ray, running the uh, Get products. It's a factory part for your production motorcycle. You've seen that little orange box on the front fender? Well, that's the that's the deal. That's the real thing. Uh, and also, they have a dual injector for 250Fs if you want it. They have CDIs for two strokes as well. Athena and Get, uh, fantastic company, high high technology stuff. It's not all cheap, everybody, but it's very very good. Uh, MXGP teams use it. Uh, a ton of those guys over there use it. And uh, so check that out. And also too, we want to thank the folks at Maxxis Tires. MXST tire is uh, coming out soon. We are looking to do something with some privateers. I hope. With this tire from Maxxis, Maxxis.com, developed by Jeremy McGrath. This MXST tire will be coming out very soon. Uh, I think Mammoth Mountain will be uh, the debut of that thing. Uh, whether it's your car, light truck, trailer, or SUV, or whatever, uh, Maxxis has got you covered. Uh, Maxxis.com. Uh, lots to talk about when it comes to Lakewood. Uh, 250 class, AP, Wacko, tied for the red plate. Uh, right behind them lurks J-Mart. And uh, if I go back to last year... Savachi won this race with a 4-1 uh, last year, and uh, he's a little bit of a mystery mark through four motos, much like uh, Blake Baggett. Uh, all right, to talk about that and more, 702-586-7857. Uh, we have a ton of people who wants the tickets, but my producer over there, the Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? 
Hello, Steve. You said go with Shane. Yep. We're going with Shane. Shane, I have no congratulations. Idea. I have no idea why you think that. I don't know. It's, it's your buddy. I, I like, don't know. I like the sound of his voice. But we're <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. How'd you, you do go. in fantasy this week? Pulp Mex Fantasy. Um, I retired from Pulp Mex Fantasy. What? Yeah, I... I uh, took a cue from Dungey from last year. You know, I uh, I just went you didn't, out. You didn't went go out, out on I top. Went out on my own. Well, I went on my own terms. So you were uh, only playing Supercross. That's uh, it. I'm officially retired forever from fantasy. I I had delusions of grandeur, thinking, oh man, maybe I'll win this every now and then. When you're barely finishing, like in the top thousand, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, very, I, I very lost Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you still got my money, by the way, for oh, indoors oh, well, then, and out. That's fine. That's fine. Then. Yeah, you got the most important. <laughs> if nothing else, I'm not contributing to any more server costs on your end. Uh, but I, I backed out and I just said <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, there J- you go. JT, are you listening to this? He yeah, pay- bro. Don't be a quitter. <laughs> He's just. Quit. I didn't quit. I retired. There's a difference. He's mad because he doesn't get a free entry. Like you know, we all all the sponsor the show. I'll hook him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. I paid. I mean, look, he's got a point. We got his money, and he's not tying up the server. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess that's all right. But come on, tits. Hey man, I, I got three. We're just going to need you to sign up again. Come you know January. <laughs> I got. I got. Uh, maybe. Maybe I will. I got three seventeen, and I'm still in it. I'm yeah, still rolling along. I, I uh, Supercross was fun, um, but I did not finish anywhere near. I did, and I just it didn't do it for me. So I said, I'm good. <laughs> So tits. I had my fun. That is so tits That's right it. there. All right, get Shane. He won the tickets. We need his uh, name and, and email address, and uh, and uh, we'll win the tickets. Thanks to David Claybaugh at uh, Thunder Valley for that. Uh, all right, flyracing.com. JT, I think it starts with fly racing rider Blake Baggett. Last year was phenomenal at Lakewood. Uh, caught and passed Eli, and uh, then had those famous press conference. Uh, then he doubled down on the Monday Pulp Mech show afterwards. Um and and through four motos, I mean, I asked you after Hangtown, JT, how's how's he looking? How's he going to do? You predicted a bounce back. Now he, you know, he was right up there on the start in moto two, and who knows what could have happened? Uh, he wasn't that far back or anything, but but it has been uh, so so four motos for Blake Baggett. Yeah, it hasn't been great. I know he's dealing with some uh, some hand problems, hand falling asleep on him. I think that's from the uh, you know the injury, which I don't think the injury is hurting him so much from Atlanta. But I think you know he's just dealing with uh, some circulation issues and his hands falling asleep on him. Uh, not to mention the second motor didn't have a grip the whole race, and he got run over by Barsha. So there's been uh, there's more been more bad than good so far. Uh, but yeah, we still have ten rounds to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think? This could be the weekend for him. Like, I mean, I don't know. You're a racer. Uh, what he did last year was great. Was phenomenal. As a matter of fact, um, it's got to give him some confidence. Yeah, I think. I think you know he just needs to stay out of trouble. I think the second moto would have been pretty good if he had not crashed. You know, I think he just lost the front end in the mud. But to expect him to win the overall again, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen him really riding to where he's going to do that yet. Uh, his time qualifying, he was much better at Glen Helen, so I'll give him that. But uh, maybe he just jumps off the page and wins Lakewood, but I just haven't seen that happen yet. You know, we kind of saw a little glimpse of it. He was on the podium at Glen Helen, and then that led to a win at Lakewood. I just haven't really seen him in the mix uh, with the top few guys, even, you know, really on the same lap time as them, like even at Glen Helen. I didn't really see that so much. Wow, you sound a little bit, uh, I don't want to say, um, a little bit down on Blake as far as his chances to do it again. Um, no, I just know he's dealing with issues. I know he's dealing with the you know the hand falling asleep thing, and right. um, he's just got to build some momentum. You know, the he yeah. finally got he finally got up there towards the front on the start, and and when I say towards the front, I mean right with those guys because coming from the back to chase down Eli, you know, or Marv is is a big ask. Yeah. Um, so you know, until he starts, you know, top three again, and and we see what he can do. I'm just kind of wait and see. Um, you know, that doesn't mean I'm down on him. I just, I'm kind of going off his results. And he's been, uh, you know, four through six guy so far. And, and I know he can do better than that. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't want to detract away from the guys that are having get on the podium. They've been killing it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. To talk more about uh, Bloss and Baggett is... Uh, We're done in that far base, so I was going to energize. What's up, Barton? How are you? You there? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? Steve? Good. What's happening? Hey, what's going on? Um, 
I was just uh, going to talk about Baggett a little bit in the breakout exactly pretty much what you guys were going over, but uh, I was listening to uh, the Fantasy Pod, and you guys were talking about uh, Bloss a little bit and maybe not doing as good, you personally, but um, you think he might be at a disadvantage with being such a big rider at altitude with that bike? I don't know. What do you think, JT? When I, when I, when I said I was – the only reason I'm uh, I would be down on Bloss for uh, fantasy purposes, um, Barton, is because we've had uh, one moto where he crashed out of a crash, and the other moto he came from right. last to tenth. Now that's a great ride, but so far through two motos he's run into issues. But he's been very good. But just for fantasy yeah. purposes, I want a bit more of a rock kind of guy, uh, you know, than Benny. But back to the altitude question, what do you think, JT? Uh, as far as like power on their 450, no. I don't think so. Um, right. Those bikes are so stupid fast. And a lot of times they're not even giving them everything they can anyway because they just they don't need it and right. their, their rear wheel would spin up and they just can't use it. So if anything, I bet this altitude gives them a chance to really turn it up, like, you know, turn the fuel map up to a 10. Right. Uh, so, you know, if, if Benny was, you know, Six five and two fifty, maybe, but he's he's pretty skinny, man. I, I bet he doesn't weigh all that much more than uh, one of the you know like a Barsha or somebody, maybe you know twenty pounds. But it's not going to make a difference on on yeah. one of those four fifties. Yeah, we should be should be all right, right. To, if you want to pick more fantasy. Yeah, if that's what, what, you're what I think at, it so. could could affect would maybe be like Plessinger though. I, I think that's a right. that's a realistic possibility because you're dealing with you know at least ten less horsepower. Um, where the you know just the ratios and proportion how it's proportionate uh, could change quite a bit. And last year at this right. track, uh, Plessinger got seventh in the first moto and crashed out of the second one. So um, right, yeah. Um, all right, man. Thank you. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Uh, did you give away uh, four tickets for Thunder Valley on Monday or Tuesday night show? Well, yeah, Tuesday. You, said you had six tickets. Yeah, we just I, gave. I, a, I only heard two you, go out. You did, and then we just gave away a set today. You missed the beginning of the show. Oh, good. So yeah, right on. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, thanks to David Claybaugh for that. We gave away six tickets to uh, to, to Lakewood. Uh, a very good national, JT. A sneaky good national. Yeah, I don't like where you had it placed. I think you underrated it, but that's okay. Yeah, well, that's okay. Um, all right, let's get to... Uh, I don't understand hey, how you had Southwick number one. Just, I'll never understand just, that. Well, Ryder, history. History came into it and, and terrain. So, um, Hey, look, um, we're going to give away a set of fly sector boots, JT. I like it. Do these come with uh, Seven Deuce Deuce paint? On them? No, they do not. Okay, so if you want to get Adam to paint them, hit them up separately, work that deal out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, sector boots. We're going to give those away today to a lucky caller. These are top-notch uh, premium boot uh, from the folks at Fly Racing. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Um, all right. So I don't know if you heard today, JT, but Anderson uh, collided with the guy yeah. at Glen Helen. Uh, who knows how he is? Who knows? But but he got carried off, and that's never good. Carried off and at the hospital is not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely we'll keep an eye on that. You know, Dino, that's how Dino got hurt, too. Apparently yeah. just uh, riding a local track, Glen Helen, you know, or Paula or wherever he was. And, you know, the other guys are out there. And I've been out there. I've ridden on Thursdays back in the day when I was ways mechanic. I'd go out on a Thursday. And I just stopped going. It's not fun. Like you. No, I'd, I didn't even go to the National because that place scares me so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But, I mean, yeah, like. I don't know if guys want to be heroes or they just feel like, hey, it's Thursday, it's open riding. But, man, almost like for me back in the day, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I can't ride. I'm trying to ride. Dudes are blowing by me. It's not fun. I hear their motors behind me. You know what I mean? Like, it just. Uh, yeah, I, I've ridden there, I would say, let's say maybe 10 times on a Thursday in my life. And every single time in the middle of one of my motos, I said, this is dangerous. I shouldn't be out here. <laughs> Right, as a quad is coming on you, or in a sixty or a fifty or whatever. Well, it's yeah. not so much that; it's you. You come up behind them so fast, yeah. and they have no clue that you're there. They they don't have any idea because you're you're gaining on them so quickly that they don't realize you're even there yet. And you'll jump a jump that they're not jumping. You know the, that place is famous for big jumps anyway. And they're kind of swerving around just because they're, you know, they're a lot of the times these guys are beginners and they don't know how to hold their line yet. They're just really inexperienced. And for pro guys, the just the the gap in speed is too much, and we can't predict where they're going. And honestly, they a lot of times they can't predict where they're going yet because yep. they're just learning how to ride. And yep. um, it's just a really bad combination. And unfortunately, it's taken down both of the Husky 450 guys yeah. know, just in the last month. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if Anderson makes it, everybody. Stay tuned. Uh, Tyler, what's up? You want to talk about Alex Ray? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. A couple of weeks back or whatever before uh, Alex Ray got picked up by Yamaha, you would mentioned uh, one of your listeners had, had called or uh, worked out a deal to get him on a local ride. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that was me. So, oh, cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was uh, Jeff Schultz at, at Stormlight Honda was the guy that was going to put it together. Yeah. But I'd sent over his info, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to Jeff Schultz. He's always helped you know a lot of our pro guys out and helped yeah. right now. Yeah, Storm so, Lake yeah, has been cool. well. Storm Lake's helped a, a lot of riders over the years. Yeah, and, Norn and, and, even I think too. And, so. and um, yeah, I, I talked to Jeff a little bit, emailed him back and forth, and uh, yeah, he was ready to help A Ray for sure. And just uh, yeah, on a Honda. Yeah. So uh, good job for that. Yeah. Thanks for hooking that up, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, thanks. Uh, Storm Lake Honda, Heath Foss, right? JT Heath Foss. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, it's funny because they're in the middle of nowhere, and then they had this huge name in racing. You know, yeah. I, I've I've talked to customers who have gone there, and like really, like I'm. This is where it's at, you know. Like they, <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. what they expected, but it's just to have that big of a following in the racing community. You know, it's, it's yeah. funny. It's, uh, it's awesome, though. It's a, a big testament to those guys. Uh, Kirk, what's happening? You want to talk about Zacco? Yeah, I do. Uh, for, how did Tuck miss that goal last night? Dude, I know, right? It was. Uh, uh, I mean, look, it was a, an amazing save, and uh, it was. Yeah, I don't think oh, you, you can't put that on talk. Like he had a year, maybe. Yeah, he had a wide open net, and uh, you know what yeah. are you going to do? I so. th- I think that picture of Pookie being all mad about Ovechkin tube slamming the glass. Oh, she, she she's <laughs> got um. There's some photos on NHL.com that she's been sending me over. She's been looking for herself, and there are some <laughs> hilarious photos of her with the biggest sour puss you've ever seen. She was so mad. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that's hockey. Sorry about that, but I hate. Uh, don't apologize to me. Apologize to JT though. He hates hockey. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. Made me money. Him at high point. (laughs) VIP thing and and yell at him there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hey, um, so Zach Osborne, um, if he if he happens to pull off the four the four out of four, and this year looks like it's going to be tough, you know, maybe one of his tougher championships, but uh, where does that put him? On the you know the the two fifty one twenty five, you know Mount Rushmore. Does that does that get him up there? Ah, uh, you know what? That's a, that's, a, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I still got Barnett up there. He won three straight. He almost had an undefeated. Seat. He would have been undefeated had he not broke his collarbone. Stu and Ricky for sure. RV won three in a row. Uh, what do you think, JT? I mean, I mean, Osborne will make history. He'll be the first guy to win four titles in two years. But that's a, with a little bit of an asterisk because guys moved out of the class. Um, but still. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to really compare. Uh, I will say that James Stewart is undoubtedly the best small bike rider I've ever seen. Period. End of discussion. Just close the book on any of that. Um, but, you know, Similar to my RV Dungey argument, you know the the record books can can sometimes sway you know the the opinions of people. You know with Zach, it's strange because you know he, his success has come so late. So you're going to get the detractors that say, well, it does it count? You know he's 28 and he's racing against kids. You know, so I don't know. I I don't think you're ever going to get a a uniform uh you know answer or decision because everyone's opinions are going to swing so so far across the spectrum but uh, regardless if he wins if he finishes this thing and wins four out of four um that's going to leave a mark it's going to leave a lasting mark you know on that class for sure i think a big part of that even if he does win it will be how he wins it because last year he won by 80 points that's you know that's a that's a beat down um, if he barely squeaks it out versus, you know, if he can find a way to, to win by, you know, a, a race or two early, I think that may, may be a determining factor. I mean, uh, you know, he's going to climb up the career win list of that class. And the, the funny thing is, 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 is Stu and RC and RV, Hello? they were all, you know, saw that. For, everyone saw Hello? those. Yeah. You there? No. Oh. JT, you there? Oh, we lost JT? Oh, we lost JT. We lost Kurt. We lost everybody. Everybody's gone. Darkside, what's up? What's up, man? I, uh, I want to tell JT, JT he's got to get on the hockey bandwagon. I'm all in after those two games. Oh, yeah? You you were not a hockey guy, and now you are? Yeah, I've never really watched. I jumped on the, the Vegas bandwagon to, you know, to the Poop Nation just to check it out, and holy shit, those two games were so exciting. I am definitely going to go to some local Stars games next year. I gotta get my own team, but right now, yeah, it's one of the most exciting games yeah. I've ever watched. Well, I will say this: I love it. I love it, obviously. And anybody who's into it, even uh, Tits is into hockey now, and Marks has been watching it. I will say this: the playoffs 
are a better game than the regular season. Like if you watch the regular season, like those those games don't happen in the regular season that much. Right. I just will I, say I, that. It, yeah. It's just full of that. It's nonstop action, though. You know, uh, other sports. They, they're, they're slow at times, and hockey just doesn't seem like it ever is yeah. slow. I've got a lot of questions. You don't have time to answer them because I don't understand everything. But right. um, my motor question is, Shay um, Sexton, man, I really thought we'd see a little more out of him. I mean, it's only been two rounds. He's not doing bad, but I thought he'd be doing better. What do you think? Uh, what do you think's going on? What, what does he need to do to get better? My 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 answer to Chase Sexton and JT's back on the line is I haven't seen him up front on the start yet. I just haven't seen him, and I, he doesn't have the speed to rip through these guys. He's not he's not Osborne or Plessinger or Jmart yet, so he doesn't have the speed to rip through these guys. Um, but he has not been up the start. JT, I, what do you think about Sexton so far? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I also think he's uh, he's a Midwest guy. I think Illinois or Indiana. Something yeah, like Illinois. That. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we'll see him improve as we go back east. Uh, you know, Zach and Jay Martin, these guys have had years of honing their skills on the West Coast. So um, much like in Supercross, when the track kind of went worse, we saw Sexton do better. I think when the dirt gets softer and rougher and more traction, I think uh, I think Sexton will move forward as well. But as you said, the, the field, unlike the 450 class, the field is pretty deep. So he's going to have yeah. to get the start to, to do it. Yeah. Thanks, Darkside. All right, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, the one thing about going back to Osborne, though, is uh, like like um, no one saw – if Osborne wins, and even if he doesn't, no one saw Osborne ever being a triple champion or quadruple champion. Uh, the guy was forced to Europe. He was kind of a washout a little bit at KTM. Like, it's phenomenal what he's done. RV, Stu, RC, everybody saw that coming. You know, not a surprise. Osborne really deserves a ton of credit for changing the narrative on him. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, like – you know, it, I don't know if it was just Alden Baker. It, it would be interesting to to have, you know, once his career's done and you can have a completely transparent conversation where he's not scared to give information away or, you know, all these guys are kind of holding stuff back all the time, to see what he really attributes a difference to. Was it, you know, the structure of Alden's program? Was it riding with better guys? Was it the diet? What You know, what? how can you get that much better when you're already work, you know, he already worked his balls off. Like he was working so hard at Tomax, he was putting himself behind. So what was the difference? That would be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, because on Geico, he's a podium guy here and there, top five mm-hmm. a lot. You know, he was good. He wasn't great, um, but now now he's great. Right. Um, yeah, and some people are going to say, well, it's just you know, he works harder. Well, no, I I don't I don't think you can convince me that he wasn't working hard when he was with Eli Tomac. I don't. I'll never buy that. So something changed with him that clicked. And I don't think it clicks for everybody on Baker's program, but for the guys it does, it completely transforms them. So what you know, what would he attribute it to, I guess, would be the, the interesting question. All right, let's get to Andrew on three. Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, I was just going to ask a question about uh, what exactly forces these guys to ride the newest model bike. Uh, I remember uh, Moose Scan and... Baggett mentioning that something new about the KTM was kind of, you know, making them uncomfortable. So, and then if you remember back in like 04 and 05 on the Yamahas, Chad Reed hated that 2005 Yamaha. So, like, why can't these guys just ride the previous year? Is it in their contract? Is it the big bosses in Japan? Or what exactly is that? Yeah, they're trying to sell the bikes, right? So it doesn't yeah, look marketing. good. Um, now, you can ride old parts if they don't, if they look the same, if no one notices. Teams don't have a problem with that. McGrath famously used a 93 frame forever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Chad, for Chad to jump on the steel frame, and believe me, he asked. Believe me. Um, that would represent, you know, JT, a bad thing for Yamaha that, hey, the, our star rider doesn't even want to ride the new bike. You, you can't do that. You have to have them on the newest bike. Yeah, I mean, at, at the core of this whole racing thing, it's a marketing play to sell units or, you know, it, there's a lot more to it. They're trying to sell all across that brand's platform. You know, for Honda, they're trying to sell generators and uh, lawn equipment and everything else that they probably use as their budget. But, uh, yeah, it, it just makes that new unit look bad, you know, whether it's just doesn't work for that guy or not. They almost have to run that new bike. Uh, and I've gotten asked this for you know Steve's favorite sport, MotoGP, because at times guys have gone back to an older uh, an older chassis, but the difference is you, they don't sell MotoGP bikes, so it doesn't kind of doesn't matter if they go to a 15 you know RC two through two one three V 
versus a, an 18 RC 213V8, it doesn't matter because you're not going to go buy one anyway, so who cares? Uh, but for these these bikes that are production-based, um, it's it's pretty brutal adver- pretty brutal marketing and advertising to say, yeah, our, our, our best racers would, would choose to race an older model, which generally isn't available anymore. Yep. It's a touchy subject, Andrew. Sounds good. Thank uh, you. That was- what happened, and just to give you an example, I was begging to get to race an 08 Honda in the 09 season because I hated my 09 so much. And uh, basically, you know, we just got told, like, yeah, we will never get help from Honda ever again if we do this. So, and and I guess it wouldn't have mattered. We switched anyway, but that was, there was a definite line in the sand that we couldn't cross with that uh, yeah. because it was, you know, it basically be telling everyone that the new bike sucks. Yeah. Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 Show. Uh, presented by Get, Pro Taper, and the folks at Maxis. Uh, line two is uh, Nathan. What's up, man? You want to talk more about Zacco? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm curious, from a perspective inside the pits, does Zach Osborne get the same credit and respect as opposed to, say, other champions that have won in the 125-250 class at a younger age? And the reason I ask is because my own opinion is divided. I, I think his turnaround in his career is phenomenal, but at the same time, I'm unsure because of his age. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I think he does because if you look back, you know, Mike Brown won as a, I don't even know, 30-plus-year-old man. Uh, Steve Lampson won deep into his career, and I kind of don't think it matters. Um, you know, guys understand that if you're eligible by the rules, you're going to go try to make a bunch of money because Zach is Zach's winning championships and races. And, and there's a lot of money to be made in the 250 class. And, you know, to Steve's point that he makes all the time about, you know, we need more depth in the 450 and we need to get all of these good guys to want to move up. The only reason they're staying down is because that's where the money is, you know? So fundamentally that money has to be transferred to rides in the 450 class. You know, the, the guys aren't staying down because of any other reason. There's just, there's a really good living to be made in the 250 class and they're going to try to go get it. All right. There you go, man. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Paul Perbino is coming up here shortly. Uh, let's go to Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe, what's up, man? How are you? Hey guys. Uh, quick question. I'm a Colorado local and always pay attention to how Eli Tomac used to ride the 450 uh, when he was training for the 250 because of the elevation and such. I'm wondering, are guys doing that now? Is J-Mart riding the 450? It sure doesn't sound like it when they give interviews. He's got one, and he's been riding it, but I think he tries to stay off of it. I think they were doing testing, so he wanted to ride it, and... I think he's been riding the 450 a little bit. I think, I think he's got one, but yeah, it doesn't sound like he's been practicing on it that much, right? I mean, I think Zach was riding one, right? Uh, yeah, Zach was Zach was riding one at one point. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think the 250 class, it's a it's a double edged sword because I always felt that when I rode the the bigger bike and then I got on the smaller bike, I could ride it much more aggressively and it didn't wear me out. So there was that was a definite plus. But I also think that. Um, to ride a uh, smaller bike fast, you have to be very good uh, with your corner speed and carrying momentum and intensity, which the the bigger bikes don't really help with. Uh, you get, I don't want to say lazy because I think that's overused, but uh, just your urgency to carry momentum and stuff, I think, starts to, starts to wane a little bit. So um, I can see both sides of the coin, uh, but I think the best guys – at the very top edge of racing, I think they're they're best served if they stay on the 250 and then race against uh, the bigger bikes. So, so say for Jeremy Martin to go ride against Eli, he's going to have to get every ounce of power out of that 250 to even have a chance. So then when he goes and races Zach or Plessinger on the weekends, it's a much more fair fight and a much easier fight for him because he's racing 250 against 250. So that's that's the ideal recipe that I've seen work. What do you think, Ratcliffe? Uh, Is that all right? Good answer? It makes sense. Um, I, I guess I wonder why Eli did that when elevation comes into account, but I'm sure that's all just kind of um, uh, yeah. Eli thing. Yeah, up to, you know, up to personal preference, too. Um, uh, do you want a set of fly racing sector boots? Uh, do you have the tickets to Thunder Valley still? No, we gave them away already. Boom. Um, 
Yeah, I'm down for some boots for sure. <laughs> you don't sound that excited, dude. I mean, yeah, I'm in. Okay, all right. Uh, we're gonna give you a set of Fly Racing Sector boots. Uh, check these out in the Fly Racing catalog. Uh, came out a couple of years ago. Top end, high quality, uh, premium boots. Uh, stay online. Tits will get your information. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah. No worries. Uh, sector boots. Uh, Kalen, what's up? You want to talk about Eli Tomac? Yeah. Um, basically, I, I've been doing some thinking in, in the 250 class uh, against Roxon. I don't know if it was 13 or what year it was, but uh, Roxon didn't qualify for the main. It was Tomac's race to lose, and he couldn't. It was his first weirdo ride. That Salt Lake. Didn't put together. Yeah. Yeah. Salt Lake. Um, Salt Lake. Yeah. Salt Lake. So if 2012. Okay. So. Besides that first weirdo deal that he just couldn't put together, in the 250s, he was um, pretty much more consistent than he has been in the 450s. So he's proven he can do it. He's a top-end rider, you know, top-of-the-world guy. So what's the chances that he starts to string together uh, consistent finishes and just throws out, hey, I've got to win by 30 seconds every time? Now, obviously, in the last three years, he's had the time to learn that, and he hasn't yet. But he can. So what's the what's the slice of the pie? What's the percentage of the uh, chance that he does that. What do you think, JT? Is he asking what's the chance he just starts winning by 30 seconds again? Yeah, just no, go ahead. No, no, what, uh, what's the chance that he stops thinking he has to do that and just starts finishing consistently instead of yeah. winning by 30 seconds or crashing and burning? What, you know, throw that aside and start winning consistently or just finishing consistently. Yeah, it's funny. I, I wrote about this very thing uh, okay. that came out this Tuesday. Um, for me, it was patience with him. And I think it's managing the race uh, and just kind of understanding where he is and having, um, you know, being self-aware in each race of the position and what where, what he needs to do to win. Uh, you don't have to win by 30 seconds, as you alluded to. And, and I've seen that in his riding this year. I really have. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he continues on with that. But, you know, his ride in the first moto where he kind of waited on Roxon and there was no real urgency uh, and then in the second moto too, I don't even think he thought he was going to catch Anderson. I really don't think that was uh, in his plan. I just think that it kind of fell into his lap because he was able to hold that two minute 40 second lap time and Anderson just couldn't keep it. Uh, I think he had kind of already, um, just, you know, um, result, just decided to hang in there and he was going to try, but I think he had already, uh, given up, so to speak on winning. I don't, you know, I didn't see any panic. Where in the past, you know, uh, we've seen riders where they just have to win or they start making mistakes and freaking out. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see if just what you're saying is if his maturity is, is showing up. Uh, because, man, if you go back yeah. over the past couple of years, he, sh- he could easily have a couple more titles to his name if he had that maturity like you're, uh, like you're saying. Right. Well, in the last, the last uh, shoot, <laughs> 10 years, I've been Kennard fan and Tomac fan. Uh, like crazy, and both of those guys now in the 450 class crashed all the time. So I'm really looking forward to him calming down. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're a Tomac fan, life's rough. Like you win a lot of races, but yep. you know you got the drama of uh, week to week of what's going on with your favorite guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's he at any given weekend. I mean, it's hard to say because you know he he doesn't race every weekend, but he could he could race with hurlings, and at any given weekend he could get a DNF, and it's super stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a stupid. There was fan. a guy that used to race that had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. His name was James Stewart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Stewart. Yeah, uh, comparison. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for taking it. See you Thank guys. You. Fly racing Moto Sixty show with Jason Thomas here. Uh, one last call for you, JT Philip. What's up? Hey guys. Uh, I just thought this was appropriate, being the fly racing show, Blaggett, uh, Baggett being a uh, fly racing rider. Mm-hmm. How about his pass on Tomac last year? He was literally flying right past him up on the side of the hill there. Yeah. That's got to be like, one of my favorite passes like I've seen in a long time. I thought that was like awesome. Baggett had, sure. Baggett had that line. I don't know what he was doing, JT, exactly, but he was missing bumps was and just coming up that hill. It was phenomenal. It was, it was yeah, amazing. he was just going all yeah. the way. All the way to the right, and yep. then uh, jumping onto the wall. The yep. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah uh, okay, so that, and then another fly guy, uh, Zacho. After he crashed last weekend, did you guys see that? Whenever his handlebar or his uh, brake lever was down, he hits that next jump, and he re- like lifts his leg up and kicks it. Yeah. The hand, the brake lever back up. I just thought that was 
pretty funny to watch. I was like, <laughs> I yeah, we, no, like, that's that's yeah. how good these guys are, man. That's how good they are, yeah, right? Was, like, yeah, it's. I would it's... literally crash just trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, cool, yeah. man. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. Yep. Thanks, thank you. Uh, all right, JT, give me some predictions for this weekend. Tell me, uh, give me your winners. I picked Marvin to win um, for no other reason than UI just hasn't had a lot of success at this race. I don't know why. Uh, you would think so, being home race and, you know, this uh, also the crowd behind him. This but was crashing. It hasn't gone yeah. that well. So I'm going to go Marv and I'm going to go J-Mart. I think J-Mart's, I guess it's not really fair to say he should win because he's been training in the altitude because that's where UI's from and trains with him. But uh, I just think J-Mart's do. I think he'll... Uh, I think he'll finally get a good start, and uh, I think he's as capable, if not more, than you know everyone, but maybe Zacho to win, and he hasn't done it yet. So I think he's just due. Yeah, not, not bad reasoning at all, man. Uh, flyracing.com, please check him out. Uh, buy something from a dealer from flyracing.com. Cool yeah, go ahead. Do that. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, guys. All right, see see you. That's Jason Thomas. Paul Parabinos is coming up shortly here on the show. Let's go to uh, – well, first, let's do let's do a read, shall we? Uh, we talked about fly racing already. Uh, please check them out at your local dealer. Mountain bike stuff, water ski, uh, watercraft stuff, I should say. They got a hard part line as well. Get products. Destroy the start. Get the whole shot with Get, Athena, and Get uh, teaming up to make some of the pro- products uh, that teams – all over the world use, uh, whether it's Justin Barsha and Alex Ray on the factory Yamaha squad. That still seems weird to say, but they, they do. They use Get. The technology that made Get Riders World Champions is finally available on the market to you guys. Also to Maxis, uh, Maxis.com uh, for tires for anything that you that you really that need rubbers. Maxis has you covered. MXST coming out soon, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Uh, Maxis tires, uh, whether uh, they're, they're the best truck for your bike. Did you Maxis offers our offers off uh, uh, also offers high quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, and much more. Uh, Maxis tires will let you hook up and uh, beat the competition in any terrain. And Pro Taper, uh, Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, ProTaper.com, uh, using those products to uh, win championships. Uh, JGR Suzuki uses Pro Taper as well. Geico Honda, Pro Taper. Uh, ProTaper.com, you remember that bar way back in the day without a crossbar? Yeah, they invented it, they patented it, and everybody followed the leader when it comes to uh, those guys at Pro Taper. And uh, they've got a whole new line of sport uh, products to check out on their web, as well as the clamp-on grips. Our own Chris Kiefer is testing very shortly. Uh, speaking of Pro Taper, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What's up, Steve? How are you doing? How's things at Pro Taper? Wonderful. I'm just uh, writing some emails right now and um, moving some product development stuff along today. So, yeah, always busy, always uh, always stuff going on here. But, yeah, it's going good. Oh, fantastic. Good to hear. Uh, I saved this question for you on the phone because I wanted to bring oh. this up with you. Uh, we're going to talk 250s more with you than 450s. Uh, 702-586-7857 if you guys got a call. But I've been saving the question for you because I want to get your opinion. Eric, welcome to the show. What's your question, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, and, yeah, it's perfect that you put Paul has the inner workings of this team in his repertoire. He does. So what is going on with Joey Savacci? I'm a fan of Joey, and, I mean, when he first went to Ricky's, it seemed like the career was taking off, and then it's kind of plateaued, and right now I don't like the direction it's going. Is it is it working with Genie and that whole thing? Is it team pressure? I, I just, I don't know. I don't like where it's headed. <laughs> Paul. Man, that's a that's a that's a tough one to answer, and and you know, I really, I don't, I'm not super close to the situation, so I can only speculate based on past experience and what I think. But but honestly, what I think is it's a combination of a few things. It's I think Joey as a person is a is a perfectionist, and um, I think you can see in his podium interviews that he's extremely hard on himself, and. Um, I mean, we're all saying that he's not performing to his expectations, so obviously he feels he's not performing to his expectations. And, and I just think he's he's too hard on himself, and I do think that Ricky's program, or I don't know if it's Ricky's program, but being where he's at, um, I, I, maybe it's just it's just stale, and it's and it's uh, he needs a change. I don't I don't know. Um, honestly, I, I think I was a lot like him personally, uh, and you know, in in my kind of personality before I kind of grew up a bit and had a kid and, and maybe the best thing for him would be to to have a kid and just have some kind of uh, 
uh, you know, uh, and something in his life to kind of upset the apple cart a bit and, and realize he can let go of some things and, and be a bit maybe sloppier with things and, and have more fun and, and ride looser. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but, yeah, because I think we all would agree that his uh, potential, his skill, his fitness, um, his experience, he should be finishing better than he is. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Like I said, I'm just speculating, but um, I, I, I would like to see him turn around, too, because I think he's capable of much more, and I think everyone knows that. Yeah, Eric, he won this race last year, Paul. I don't know if you remember, but he went 4-1 for the overall, tied with Amart. Amart went 1-4. Um, it's hard to see him winning this weekend, Paul. I would not put him, and he's won here before uh, other times, too, I believe, So, but I just wouldn't put him up there right now. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, uh, there's been those instances where everything just lines up and, and he can't be beat, and he did that a few occasions last year. He did it on a lot of occasions in 2016, but we've only really seen it once all year this year, and that was at Anaheim too, I think. So, um, you know, he's he's made a lot of little mistakes mid-race, mid, mid race, and uh, maybe that's just because, I, I, again, I don't, I don't really know, man. I, I, don't, I don't know him, so I, I'm only speculating, but... Um, I think it's yeah. something that he has to look out. Sorry. He hasn't gated well in the first four motos either, so maybe if he just can pull a start and just get out front and run with those guys like he, right off the start, yeah, that'll help he, a ton. He's gated okay. He hasn't had terrible starts. He's been in the mix, top five or six, but he hasn't been up front. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean like a whole shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's battling it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've been reading what I write, and again, I don't know Joey that well either. Um, he doesn't seem like he's having a lot of fun at the track. Again, I don't know him. No. Uh, he doesn't, and I just I I'm with Paul. I, his whole thing screams of trying a new program. You know, Bogle went from his deal to Jenny Carmichael and won, and it worked, and it's great. And and we see this all the time with riders, Paul switching programs, and and whether it's mentally and spiritually, physically, whatever it is, things happen. And to me, I'm with you, Paul. It just screams that Joey is taking this too much like a job, too much pressure, too much like a job, not having fun, and. Now that's where he's at. So, um, again, we don't know, but I'm with you a little bit on that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I hear you. You know, it's interesting, Steve, to throw a hockey reference in on this. Now, Paul will love this. It's kind of a Mike Keenan effect when guys yeah. go to the Carmichael's, right? Like the team turns around, the rider turns around, and then they plateau, yeah. and then things start going badly. Yeah, absolutely. Bob Hartley is another guy that does that, too, apparently. You know, he just wears on you, and he gets results, but he just, after a while, it wears on you. Just such a hard ass that yeah. you just, like, yep. start hating him. And yeah. Like, Joey just seems so unhappy. I just, man, yeah. I want to see the kid succeed. He's got so much talent. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate All right, it. Well, Thank you. Let's hope he turns it around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, yeah, Paul, I'm with you. He just seems like it's, uh, you know, he's in a contract year. He's moving out of the class, so he's got that over his head, you know, and all of that. So. Yeah, I think I think he just has a lot of pressure because if you remember in 2016, he was a multiple race winner, I think, indoors and out, and he that was kind of the first time he did it. So then 17, here it comes, and all of a sudden, nothing is good enough except winning, and that's hard to deal with, I think, for a lot of these guys. A lot of guys accept it and excel, but a lot of guys go the other way because it's hard to deal with the expectations that are put on you because essentially coming into 17 and 18, he's been expected to win the title. So yeah. um, that's tough. I'm sure you understood the Mike Keenan hockey reference, Parabinos. Yeah, no, no clue what you guys are talking about. It sounds like he's a coach. <laughs> uh, he is, yeah. Gus, what's happening? You want to talk about A-Ray? Yeah. Um, what does he go with this this Yamaha factory ride? You know, if if things keep going well for him and he does put in good results, what does this mean for next year for him? It's a good question. What do you think, Paul? I mean, he's going to be out of this ride as soon as Cooper Webb comes back. He might get a one extra race than what he wanted, maybe two, but... You know, um, um, what I, what I think it's doing is it's adding, giving himself more. Uh, it's giving himself relevancy and and um, making people. You know, kind of he's he's made that a step in his career. So when the conversation does come up for a fill in, his name will come up quicker than it has in the past. Um, I don't see, you know, but but in hindsight he has an amazing opportunity not just to ride the bike but to ride and race on that bike in the way the class is right now i mean he has an opportunity to put in some really good finishes and and everyone's memory is so short term in this sport that it could turn into something so he has a grand opportunity in front of him that he needs to try to uh, uh you know you know capitalize on you know what i told him paul i said to him hey man like this is half the battle is you get in with these guys okay 
uh, Gara and Jimmy and Shane Drew and all that, and they like you because he's a good dude. He's funny. He's friendly. They like you. They have, you know, they're helping out teams. They recommend you for a spot. Maybe they give you bikes and parts if you're ever stranded and need something. Like, getting in with these guys is, is a great thing to do um, just because they know you, they're comfortable with you, they know you're, you know, they know what they can expect from you, and, and it's a great, great idea to, to just, you know, make yeah, contacts. You know. Yeah, you know that that brings up. I, I over. I, I don't even think about that because we we're kind of we know all these guys ourselves. You and I. Yeah. But that's that's a huge huge point for him, and and you know he needs to show up on time, be thankful, shake everyone's hand at the end of the day, um, you know, be respectful and just be easy to work with and be yep. fun and go like how he is. And honestly, he's going to get more phone calls. If he's a joy to have on the team, this is how Phil Nicoletti got started. Um, you know, a lot of this. It, a lot of guys in the paddock are difficult to work with, and if you're not winning, then they don't want to work with you. Like they can find somebody else that's going to get tenth. That's easy to work with. Yeah. Yep. So, so um, yeah, that's huge. That's a good point. There you go, Gus. That's our thoughts on A-Ray. And uh, cool, he's, man. He's going to send it. Thanks, what, man. What's the odds he gets a custom clutch cover, a ninety-one clutch cover? Ooh. Well, Paul would know better than I would. What do you think, Paul? Is he gonna... um, I mean, that's not a that's not hard to make, but I think on a three race deal, he's not getting one unless you know. I think Cooper's riding already, so um, probably probably not happening. Probably not happening, Gus. All right, thanks. All right, guys. thanks. <laughs> I never. I gotta admit, Gus. I didn't ever cross my mind, Paul. <laughs> when does he get a <laughs> custom clutch cover? But I mean, I, he would think that was cool. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, at Glen Helen, I looked at his. He had his giant bag, and it was full of Monster Yamaha merchandise, hats, and shirts, and I'm like. Dude, you're coming back. Like it's okay. You don't gotta just rummage through the cupboards. You know, like so. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He That's had everything. Cool that he's, he's excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, J, uh, JT was on earlier than you, Paul, and he picked uh, J Mark to take the win this weekend, and uh, and and Marvin as well. Um, I, I don't mind his, his J-Mart pick just because I feel like AP uh, last year he got 7th here in the first moto uh, he's bigger, it's at altitude the Yamahas are quick though and uh, and when it comes to Osborne he didn't have the greatest luck either here last year Alex Martin went 1-4, Savachi went 4-1 and uh, J-Mart was really good so I, I'll go with J-Mart but his Marvin Muscan pick, Paul, was a little um, confusing to me, well, what do you think? Man, that's tough so I think the one the two video class is, is, is more wide open. Like I can see Osborne winning, J Mart winning, um I could maybe see Alex Martin winning with like a two two or something like that. But but honestly Plessinger is his Plessinger has really turned it around and I could see him winning again. Like I, I really don't think his weight or anything is gonna be a factor at that race. I mean those bikes are very, very strong. And this is a super rutted track, and now he has momentum going and confidence and consistency. I mean, he's got to be feeling great about himself, and I feel like he would ride this track good. I know he's not done good there in the past, but I, I think he can win again. I mean, his Glen Helen performance was unbelievable. Like, it he was. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> no. So that's um, that's uh, that's hard to deny, especially when you're going racing in seven days. Like, uh, It's going to be a lot easier for him to keep that going, I think. So. Um, like I, I don't disagree with his pick for sure. It could be J Mart, but um, but maybe I'm a little bit with you when it comes to 450 because Tomac's been so dominant. But at the same time, he hasn't. Has he ever even has he won this race before? I, I don't think he has. I don't think he's had the greatest luck. Baggett won last year, of course, with a great, great second moto. Uh, Eli did crash out and ruined his shoulders also one year here. So um, yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been great for him. Um, hey, when you worked for Dino and you guys won a national championship together, and I think did you tell me? 21 out of 24 were on the podium? What was it? 22 out of, 22 out of 24, he was top three. Yeah. yeah, okay. So when you're you're working for a guy like that and you see this confidence growing every week, like AP, and I'm trying to you know put our listeners into uh, AP's mindset a little bit, um, I'm sure there were weekends where Dean was, uh, didn't get much sleep, uh, had flight delays, uh, wasn't feeling good, didn't like the track, uh, didn't get a good lap in and qualifying, but yet... 22 out of 24 times he's on the box um did you get to a point paul with dean where it was like hey man he's just he's just going to make this happen it is just his his will and his, his speed and he is going to rip through the pack after this bad start he is going to get on the podium despite him having a flight delay whatever it is there must have been a point where you you just saw this confidence coming every single week um yeah and 
honestly, it was a it was a battle that summer because we were battling our teammates, and everybody was really good. You know, Tyla and Baggett were both good, and they were both winning a lot of races. And Dean didn't win a race until um, I want to say round nine or ten at Unadilla, mm-hmm. and I didn't to. You know, speaking to that level that you're talking about, I didn't really see that or feel that until Steel City the day that he won. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> okay, never mind. Really, then. because it, it it was a battle. Like uh, what we were really trying to do the whole time was just manage our expectations, stay humble, and really try to focus on every aspect of the weekend and not not make a single mistake. And our goal, you know, our goals every weekend was to get about 45 points. Was to you know be on the podium mm-hmm. every time. It, like. And I think um, that was smart in a way, and he rebounded. And, you know, when he was off in practice, all we would worry about and focus on is the start. We would just worry about talking and focus on the start and try to get a start, and then he will go the pace if he's in the front. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, it was um, it, it was it was really cool to, to do that with him because uh, we were both doing it for the first time, and um, and it's hard, man. I mean, we both kind of got, you know, he's he ran into flight delays and stuff. I mean, I remember that I, for some reason, uh, I couldn't sleep very good at night, so I would usually stay out a little bit late on Friday night to so I can get six sure. hard hours of sleep instead of ten tossing and turning hours of sleep. So okay, um, all right. Hey, so uh, speaking about Pro Circuit again, and you know Mitch Payton pretty well. I went up to him at Glen Helen and I said, "Hey, uh, he sponsors the, the Pro Circuit post race podcasts." And I said, uh, "Can we do an interview?" And he's like, "Not today." And I'm like, "No problem." And he's just like. We kind of talked a little bit. He was just like, "It's up to them. They got to make it happen. They got to make it happen." And meaning they, the riders. Now, March Banks, I don't think was a source of his frustration. Uh, March Banks, two top ten motos, good job for him. It's his second national ever. But uh, Forkner coming, you know, crashing in the first moto, coming up from there, and second to six, and and Joey's day was so so. He was uh, he was frustrated, Paul. Yeah, and I've been there when he's gotten to that point where. You know, typically if we do bad, we test like crazy and try to improve the bike, and we work really hard as a team. And and I think they've been doing that all year. And at some point, it's just like, hey, like we can't do anymore. Like you guys need to show up and and perform. And I think he's a bit bummed on on. I mean, when you look at everyone's teams on paper going to the outdoor nationals before injuries, Pro Circuit has a team that you're like, oh, these guys are gonna have, you know, their whole team is gonna be in the top eight. Like they're gnarly, yeah. But um, it's not working out that way. So he has to be incredibly frustrated, and and I know how Mitch is, and he, you know, he just doesn't like to lose because they put a lot of work in it. They have yeah. a lot of experience. They have a good motorcycle. They have a good team. There's no reason why they shouldn't be winning. And um, well, yeah, I think Forkner's uh, second Forkner's second moto fade is unacceptable. Correct me. It, if it, it really is. It correct really me if is. I'm wrong, yeah. but <laughs> it's. Yeah, which, you know, it's it sucks. It's hard to – this class is hard. Everyone's really good. Everyone has good bikes these days, and, and it's hard. But uh, I think right now they're in that position where, again, they, they don't have any momentum. They don't have any – they don't have that one guy on the team that's winning on the weekend that will elevate everybody else. Yeah. Um, but I found it interesting that, that Mitch kept saying, it's on them. It's on them. They got to do it. You know? Yeah, and I mean – yeah, Mitch shares plenty of the burden, I think, but um, at mm-hmm. some, I can, I can, you know, here we are in, in uh, almost to June, so I could get where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to Jordan. Jordan, what's up? You want to talk about Cooper Webb? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't know if the talks of him going to KTM have faded or not, but by doing that, that's going to put two really marquee guys on that team, and I'm curious if you think that'll change other teams' dynamics of hey, we got to have two monkey guys versus a, you know what I mean, a title threat and a, a backup kind of guy. Wow, they just don't have the money, right? These, well, KTM does, but the the Japanese OEMs have clearly been like, hey, we have one guy, and that's our title guy, and then we have another guy to kind of hang out, get top tens. So, so you think KTM's the only ones that, that are willing to put that kind of money in? Seems like it, huh, Paul? Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends. Uh, you know, I think the one good rider – idea is all fine and dandy but a lot of times that one good rider gets hurt and then what do you have so um i think honestly the teams are trying to find that yeah they're willing to spend more money to get that one guy that they believe will win and then they want a second guy that has potential to be better than you know they want to make them better but he also gets along good with the first guy so that's tough because um but uh i don't i, don't, I just don't know that i see cooper going to ktm i just 
I don't know why I don't I don't see it. Maybe it's the training side of it, well, um, where I, he lives and stuff. But I just don't I don't know if I see it. I talked to somebody that knows him well, and they said he he'd be willing to do the Alden Baker program. He's he's fine with that. Now that's okay to say. But Paul, I don't know if I don't know how much you know about this, but you know, like the other guys have to kind of vote on that. The guys in Alden Baker's program, uh, Anderson, Marvin, and uh, and Osborne. So, I mean, they could very much say, "Hey, we we don't want to do, we don't want this guy," and then that's it. You know, so yeah, certainly, certainly some interesting interesting dynamics there with with Webb going over there. So, um, yeah. yeah, thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the Jap. You know, I was told by a Japanese OEM. A couple years ago, Paul, that they, meaning KTM and Husky, they caught us with our pants down, but we're coming. And I'm still waiting, but frankly. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I think Honda's, I think, you know, that's come from Honda, I would guess, because they've made huge efforts. I think everyone's starting to see it finally this year because of the product line that they've launched, but you have to know that that was in the works probably two years ago. They made a big push for Jeffrey Hurlings last year. I mean, they have Tim Geyser, they did a big deal with Ken Roxon a couple years ago when their new bike came out in 2017, that was them making their push, but it just hasn't played out. Like their guys just keep crashing and getting hurt. So it sucks, but I think we're already, you know, when they say we're coming, I think this, these are the years when they had already planned on being here and it just hasn't panned out. Yeah. Think about, I brought this up on the, on the Monday show, Geyser, Bogers, uh, Todd Waters, Roxon, Seeley. Honda is having a hell of a season. They they are, you know, and I talk to friends at Honda sometimes, and they they make the joke that you know Carmichael cursed us when they when Honda <laughs> didn't resign him that year when he was getting his knee repaired during Supercross, and then he showed up and won twenty four motos and went to Suzuki, and Honda hasn't won a title since. So yeah, crazy when you think about it that way, right? Absolutely insane. Like uh, the curse of the Curse Bam- of the Babe Ruth or something. Bambino, Curse of the Bambino. I know you're not a big sports That's guy, it. but I just I just fixed That's that for it. you. <laughs> Uh, ProTaper.com, everybody, please check them out. Uh, are you excited for Kiefer's review of the clamp-on grip? Yeah, I am. And uh, whether it be good or bad, I told Kiefer that, to be honest, and he always is, so that's cool. But, um, but yeah, you know, we've been marketing that thing, and there's always there's plenty of people out there that are like, oh, you guys just <coughs> knocked off what someone else did. But um, I, that's kind of that's insulting to me because I think ProTaper is one of the most innovative brands in power sports, and um, we definitely didn't knock off anything they did we they they're a great brand it's a great product and we needed something to compete with them it's simple as that but i tried to make it um different and better and i think that's what we accomplished so um um yeah i'm excited that they're showing up and they're dealers all over the country and all yep. over the world now so um but so yeah i'm excited to see what chris has to say is that been a product that you've uh, you launched a sport line you launched these clamp on grips you have your usual stable of, of products has that been a the clamp on been the um the most sort of buzz from dealers and reps you've been hearing or is there something else um believe it or not we've we, we launched uh, a bunch of stuff this year the pro taper sport line has been very well re- uh received and that's been exciting for a lot of people especially our sales reps they really enjoy walking into a dealership um and trying to place that line they feel they have something very exciting and and um they you know has great margin and it's uh they're really excited about it. the clamp on grip has been really um kind of i would say the, the headliner but um our new chain line that we launched our pro series chain line which is a kind of a a new innovative chain that really no one's seen in the off-road market before that's uh that's available as well and that that i would say was even more successful i mean our initial two orders um sold out and, and we're out of stock already again and we're trying to get uh wow. we're trying to manufacture some more and get them here so that's been hugely successful and then all our colored bar pads also the colored bar pads uh, they, huh <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I guess I, I guess I underforecasted because they uh, they went out quick too, and now we're struggling to uh, try to get some of that stuff back in stock. So it's been it's been awesome. I love people's response and seeing what people are saying on our social channels about the brand. And I'm just honestly, I'm just trying to do the best I can with managing and running the brand and trying to make it a you know um, an industry leader and and build some consumer demand and have it be also fun and cool and innovative. So. Um, Trying to do fantastic. Uh, Well, thanks for the time today on the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. Appreciate it. You're not going to Lakewood, I assume, right? Um, No, no, I won't be there. So I'm going to try to focus on fantasy and redeem this weekend we had at Glen Helen. Yeah, are you going to go? I will be there. PulpMXFantasy.com. We got Henry Miller showing up. It looks like that'll be a new guy to look at. Um, 
And yeah, we gotta we gotta get we gotta be better. We gotta be better, Parabinos. That's it. We that's, need to be better. That's You're the right. bottom line. You're right. Like Mitch, uh, Mitch says, it's on us. Yeah, it really is. It's on us. <laughs> uh, so please check that out. Also, people, uh, we play that every week, and uh, we're having fun with that. So uh, thanks, Paul. All right. See you, Steve. All right. See you, man. Paul Parabinos, everybody on the show. Tits. Everything good with your personal phone calls? Works. Everything stuff. okay? Everything. I mean, you know, just. Had just, you not said something, no one would have been the wiser because I'm that good at multitasking. Okay, just yes. checking. I thought I, you know, I thought you this hour was devoted to Pulp the next Fly Racing Show, but. I fulfilled all of my obligations. Everything's great. All right, everybody. We, uh, we're off next week. Yeah, there's no show. So no we show. will see you the Thursday before uh, Muddy Creek. Thanks, everybody. See ya. I was born in the